do it to me every time Oh, the redhead said you shred the cello And I'm cello, baby But you won't talk, won't look, won't think of me I'm the epitome of public enemy Why you wanna go and do me like that? Come down on the street and dance with me I'm Hey, uh, welcome to Red River Podcast. Um, today we're gonna welcome the road dog himself, Dana <laughs> Bolin from the from the podcast uh two week notice, man. What's going on? Yo, what up, Sam? What's happening? Dude, uh I want to publicly apologize because I made you wait and I'm sorry. Yeah, but I mean you made me wait at home. It's not a big deal, <laughs> you know, like I stress I, I, about this. No, I, I and I get it, and I'm sure like your 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 profession for sure definitely is not you know you can't be late with what you do, that's for sure. Everything has to be pretty regimented. Um, but yo, so anyway, I love your podcast. I, I know that I Thank started li listening to it, and um, we're also big Weezer fans. So that, that that's kind of like the basis of the conversation. We were going to talk um, our top ten favorite. Uh, post Pinkerton, which is you could say classic era Weezer, because it, it's a fun thing to do. I love your energy and your New York accent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's good to see you again. It's like it's like cheering me up. No, I wasn't down, but it's just like, yo, I love this dude. So yeah, thank you yo, for having me. I appreciate you, man. I'm having a, a you know, I'm not even going to get into it, but I'm definitely having a, a weird week too. So. For sure. Well, let's get more weird with fucking Weezer, one of the weirdest bands to ever exist. <laughs> Absolutely. But before we do, like, I really wanted to kind of just talk to you real quick so, to get people familiar. Um, you know, you said on the podcast and a few times that, you know, you were part of a corporate world. And then somewhere along the way, you decided to just kind of like leave it behind to to basically do like road managing, tour managing, merch and stuff like that. So just give us like a, a rundown. Yeah, dude. So so. My primary band is the Boston-based band Piebald, right? Um, yeah, like those are my dudes. That's like my band, my main band. They've been my favorite band for 20 plus years. And how do I put this quickly? So I was a corporate executive for Panera Bread, or as I like to call it, Pantera Bread. Uh, uh, yeah. I, was, I was working for a, a franchisee in New England, and I worked for them for like a decade and I was overseeing 64 locations. I had always worked in restaurants before that. So um, while I was working for Pantera Bread, Piebald got back together in 2016. And the quickest way I can put it is I showed up to their West Coast reunion run. They had five or six dates. I showed up in Los Angeles. I flew out there, bought tickets to like the five shows or whatever that they had. And I essentially showed up to their sound check with a cowbell and like a 12 pack of PBR. And I was like, I'm here to play the cowbell. And they were like, what? Like there was no cowbell player opening, you know? Yes. But, but like, you know, they, I don't know. Well, first of all, they were like, all right, well, that's pretty rad, but 
you got to try out first. We got to make sure you can do it. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. Made, yeah, yeah, yeah. They like made me try out. And I don't know if you know the band Limbeck. They were there. Yeah. Yo, Limbeck, Limbeck is one of my favorite bands ever. So, so underrated. No, no so one good. knows this. No they're one knows so them. Good. They're yeah. like, I'm so glad they're playing shows again, but they've yet to like make it out towards like, you know, the East Coast. Yo, I, I, I'm just going to derail for a second. Limbeck is like the best band that like nobody really knows about. Right. They're so, so good. good. Great and fucking songwriting. I feel the same way about Piebald. They both reach similar like statuses. They just never both Limbeck and Piebald, which makes sense. Like so, they were they were playing the, those shows too. So my first like official tour kind of was was with Piebald and Limbeck. But like, you know, the Piebald guys, I knew them just from going to shows and being like a really big fan and like. You know they're approachable i would talk to like luke and travis and stuff after shows and so so they, they knew me like a little bit um but when i showed up it was like like what so when i had that when they made me audition it was at the echo in la and like it was just during soundcheck in front of the pieball guys and the limbeck guys and dude i've done like boston calling and like furnace fest and like big festivals riot fest I've never been more nervous than that that initial tryout. I was like shaking, shivering. I was so I was like wicked nervous, but something worked. And um, at the time, I was still working for Pantera Bread, but I eventually left there, and the timing was just on my side. Like not long after I left, um, I was making six figures. It was like obviously hard to walk away from, but uh, dude, they they got a tour with uh, dashboard confessional and they asked me to be tour manager and I had started doing in between then they promoted me to like merch guy. And then, um, yeah, in 2019, 2020, they promoted me to tour manager and like, and since then I've been touring with other bands as, as a road dog, the story yeah. so far, yeah. Bayside, the front bottoms. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and and that's, you know, I think it, you know, because I've seen people do that, but you have to be good. You have to be likable. People have to recommend you. That's basically what it is. As soon as one tour ends, someone's like, hey, I know a guy. That, so that's great. So obviously, obviously you're doing something 100%. great. So Thank I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to derail one more time with PBR. So shout out to PBR, my boy, Antonio, who works for them and just got our band like a whole bunch of shirts. Yeah. Yeah. We just got whole bunch of shirts with with their logo and and us it's pretty cool so shout out Yo, to pbr i want some pbr swag hell yeah yeah when i see you at a, at a jason man i'm i'm late i'm gonna lace you up with that drip for sure i gotta catch uh, your set there we could talk about that too but go ahead yeah for sure um so then you know it's crazy <laughs> with what you're telling me but it's it's something that we all probably want to do. Like anyone that's that's like sitting at a job or whatever, and so given the opportunity uh, to do stuff, ninety nine percent of people would probably not do what you did, but you did, right? <laughs> so like that, that's kind of like a trip, man. Yeah, I mean, for one, so I got into the scene like officially, I guess. You know, in my I was like thirty one the first time I toured with Piebald, and even the first time I toured with them, I was really just kind of following them around. I would just meet up with them every time they toured and I was using like my paid vacation time. And um, if I, so I'm 37 now, if I had like kids and a wife and shit, I'd probably still be working for Pantera Bread. And I was miserable, dude. I just hated, for whatever, like whatever reason, but it was a great yeah. job. The money was good, the benefits were good. But like, 
I do have the benefit of being like just single and also like my I'm in my parents' basement right now. I have a little in-law apartment. You know, I got my own like kitchen and bathroom. It's like a studio apartment. So, you know, I wouldn't be able to do it without them either. And while I was working for Pantera, I bought two condos that I'm renting out now. So I made a couple crucial financial decisions before crucial. i left and i planned yeah. that out and even still it's it's still a hustle it's still a grind like there's still some struggles and also being like a landlord is definitely it's a grind in itself too there's all sorts of other things so like i'm still working my ass off which is interesting because i was so miserable before but now i feel like i'm busier than ever between like working for bands and doing the podcast and I also pick up in between tours. I pick up a lot of like one-off merch gigs. For example, I just worked an EDM show two days ago at um, this new venue in Boston adjacent to Fenway Park. It's called MGM Music Hall, 5,000 person cap. Uh, Seven Lions was the EDM artist. So I pick up this random gig, but like I wasn't just selling merch. Usually it's just selling merch. This was like, I showed up at noon and I worked from noon. I didn't get home till 3 a.m. So I worked from like noon to 2 a.m. I was helping load in. I was helping like um, build pallets. Like there were six pallets of merch pallets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was a, it was the hardest like backbreaking job I've done in a very long time. It was like being on tour just for a day. Yeah. And um, but you know what, though, to your point, what you said earlier about like meeting people, connecting with people, being likable, working hard, all those things. At the end of the day, the dude was like, you know, um, I'm doing an arena tour, you know, like the Boston Garden, Madison Square Garden. And shit. He's like, I'm doing an arena tour with another EDM artist um, next year. And I want you to be my assistant. I want you to, like, be on the bus with us and stuff. And Come I was on, like, man. Whoa. Listen, so I don't I don't know if I'm going to do it yet, but like, it, you know, it's don't, don't be a dick yeah. and, and work hard. Essentially, yes. And I one more quick thing. So, yeah, yeah. so. There was one more seller with there were three of us selling so he's like yeah this guy aaron's gonna show up and help us sell because it's gonna be busy you know five thousand caps a lot of people he's like this guy aaron's gonna show up he said it a couple times during the day and i'm like cool awesome three of us will we'll knock it out guess who shows up it's aaron bedard the singer of bane oh whoa he's like he's like hey my name's aaron i'm here to sell merch i was like what like like blew my mind so yeah 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 he seems like a super cool like that it sounds like something he would say for sure you you already know i asked him to be on the podcast he's gonna do it so hell yeah yeah very cool yeah so and then how the podcast come about you know like uh and obviously like two week notice it has to be some what's symbolic to to the life that that you left behind right 100 percent. right um i see that i see the logo behind your head over there yeah yeah Cool. You hit the nail on the head, man. Um, so I mentioned how I left the corporate world and then started touring like more full time with like when that dashboard and piebald tour came up and stuff. But so in between doing that big tour with that was the first like real tour I did. Like that was more than just like a week with piebald. It was when piebald did a full US tour opening for dashboard. So in between that and when I left Panera, I I traveled around Europe for four months and it was like a solo trip i just like uh took a i took a one-way cruise ship actually i took it so i took a train from boston to new york <laughs> a- a- april 
April 10th of 2019, I hopped on a train from Boston to New York to Brooklyn. And then I went, um, yeah, to the Brooklyn like cruise terminal, hopped on a Norwegian cruise line ship and took that boat to fucking uh, Rome, Italy. And it, it made a bunch of stops on the way. It hit the Azores first, like the, the islands of Portugal. Then I hit like Lisbon, Portugal, a couple stops in Spain and France and like right into the Mediterranean um, and eventually stopped in Rome, Italy. And I had no plans from there. I didn't know if I was going to be in Europe for a month or or what. And four months later and a lot of money spent, I was like, all right, I guess I'll like go home now. But the point of that story is during that time, uh, one of my best friends in the world before I left, he was like, yo, dude, um. I don't know if you ever heard of this app. It's called Anchor. You can just like do a podcast on your phone. It's now called Spotify Podcasts or so, like Spotify bought them out or something. Okay. But, but basically, like you just downloaded the Anchor app, or I did, and you record, you can just like click record on your phone. And almost, have you ever heard Bill Burr's podcast, The Money yeah, Morning yeah. Podcast? Yeah, for sure. So, almost in that same style only i'm not nearly as funny but i would just ramble i would just be like ah, i'm in switzerland today and for like a half an hour same accent like, though same accent <laughs> yeah it's not too far off so 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 that was how the podcast started it was a travel log and i would i was posting like every oh day cool, or, cool cool every cool. day or two just like and and then i, I just enjoyed doing it so when i got home i was like i want to keep doing a podcast i don't know what to do um so I just started thinking of like different themes for the show and stuff like that. And like you said, two week notice, I'm like, well, you know, I got some crazy like work stories myself, especially being in the restaurant business. And I got friends who have crazy stories. So I came home, I started the two week notice podcast. And at first, like it was people sitting in this room with me right now. And we would like, I would just ask them about like, like my friends, I would just ask them about like, their jobs, and usually people I worked with that I knew like were some of the funniest people that will never be known sure. ever, like just crazy restaurant people and shit. Um, so I did like some interviews that way. And then long story short, the fast forward to like the COVID shutdown, um, I just started interviewing musicians at some yeah. point because yeah, yeah. everyone was just sitting at home and I was like, well, why don't I start interviewing band people? Because actually, I, I, when I was on that tour with Dashboard, I was doing like a tour log. So almost the same style as the travel log in Europe. I would be in the van. I would have like a half hour real quick. And I'd be like, yo, like, you know, piebald sound checking right now. Let me just tell you, we're in Phoenix and this is what's going on. And um, have you stuff, gone back like and that. listened to any of that stuff? Uh, it's been a long time since I have. Uh, you know, I've taken some of those episodes down, too, actually. I noticed because there was it starts at like a later number, so I really wasn't right. sure what what was up. And a lot of people ask me about that because it starts at like fifty four. I don't know how many yeah. people I don't know how many people actually go back and listen to old episodes, but uh, yeah. So the first like so the first fifty four or so episodes are a combination of me and like the first like ten maybe or me when I was interviewing my friends who worked in restaurants and shit and as well as that like um tour log with piebald i was talking about and also during covid so i remember a few times like i was sitting because i have a ski condo up in new hampshire right i would be sitting in that's where i spent the initial shutdown uh, so i would just sit in the hot tub and like tell like wild stories of like when i was 
doing drugs and <laughs> like yeah yeah, yeah. whatever i was just i was just again bill burstyle just rambling telling stupid stories uh and i was also kind of like re-releasing some of those europe episodes because that show was under a different name so the first 54 episodes the show was completely different and then when i started interviewing van people it took a completely different direction, and that is why I have taken those old ones down. People ask all the time. It's cool that people are interested. Makes sense. But... Yeah, it makes sense. Because when I, I went all yeah. the way, because I wanted to see from, from you know, when you told me about podcasts, I went all the way back, and I was just like, oh, that's weird. It start usually it might start at four, five, six, but it was like yeah, way up fifty there. of like... them. It's it's there's fifty episodes of me just fucking. Can I swear? Sorry, is that cool? Yeah, yeah, I don't. Give I a already fuck. they have. I think, but yeah, there's like fifty <laughs> episodes of me just like babbling, uh, or me in Europe, or me on tour, or it's just like maybe one day, like if I ever have the time, like maybe I'll re-release that stuff or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, one of the one of the things that I find fascinating when you work with bands on that level, like, what is a quick lesson that you learned? <laughs> <laughs> like when you first started that you're just like, oh, shit, I'll never do that again or or just something, because it just seems like it seems like I don't want to say an easy job, but it just seems like it's pretty cut and dry until something goes wrong and, and you have to deal with everything. Uh, all right. Let's get a little more specific. My question to your question is, do you mean like, say, on the road, like. Like where I saw you on that base I tour? Are you you talking like as tour manager for Pieball? Yeah, you like, like dashboard. Yeah, yeah, like like that. Like basically like on the on the road with dashboard. Like you said, it's your first time, right? Like that's sure. like your first thing, and it's like a big one. So it's like, what was the lesson that you quickly learned? You know that you're like, oh, okay, maybe I, you know. Uh, number one, it, don't get too fucked up. Oh, which yeah. <laughs> which I did. I did. They okay. got pissed at me. You know, there was a. I thought they were. I don't know if I ever like said it on like a podcast before i thought they were going to send me home at one point during that tour for sure um because like here's the deal so i told the story of how i started when i first started touring with them they weren't paying me i wasn't working for them like i was just playing the cowbell for one song and i was on my i was on vacation from work from my corporate yeah. job so That's i was cool. getting sh fucking ham i was getting shit faced dude and and they we were all getting we were all partying you know what i mean nothing crazy just drinking not like drugs but but like we were getting drunk dude and um i very quickly learned it was actually before we even met up with dashboard we had a couple of like shows on the, we met up with them in Dallas and we drove down from Boston. So we had shows in like Louisville and Nashville and New Orleans and I think Houston. And um, there was a show in Nashville where there was a misunderstanding. Like these, these girls left me a note on my merch table. Like, yo, we're at this bar down the street. If you want to come hang out. And I showed it to one of the dudes in the band. He was like, Oh dude, go hang out with those girls. Cause I was single. He's like, go hang out with those girls, man. We, we'll take care of the merch. Like, that doesn't happen every day. Go hang out. Go have fun. I was like, all right. And I walked down the, and then like a couple hours went by and I didn't look at my phone. And they were like, they were like looking for me, dude. <laughs> like with like, and then um, all of a sudden Andy from Bible walked in. He's like, dude, we got to go. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, shit. I, so yeah. I like really fucked up that day. Um, so I, it was a quick adjustment. Quick, there. Yeah, for sure. But like they were, you know, not happy with me in that moment. But they also knew that they hired someone who had never been a tour manager before absolutely yeah but i, I was again i i mean i have the management skills with my corporate stuff but so they were super patient super understanding and also i will add to that so the dashboard tour manager this guy 
I love him. His name is Jack Funk. Okay. First of all, coolest name in the world. This guy, dude, dude, Sam, this guy fucks. Okay. He, okay. he, he, <laughs> he tormented um, uh, Rush for like 10 wow. years. Okay. He, I, I believe he dated Stevie Nicks, I heard. I haven't confirmed that with him, but I know like the, like, the guy is a legend. Sure. And um, so I, like every day, I just, I, I would, you know, I was communicating with him every day, obviously. Uh, I was just like, hello, Mr. Funk. You know, like, like, I was just like, I have so much respect for this man and, and that band. I love Dashboard. So, like, I, I tried to also just like take everything in from, from him mm. and, and just like, like a sponge soak it in. And then at the end of the tour, uh, the biggest thing I got, I, I said, hey, Mr. Funk, you know, this has been an honor and a pleasure. I want to keep doing this because Piebald's not full time, you know, like they, yeah, 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 we only do a sure. couple shows a year now. So I was like, I want to stay in this world, though, but I, I needed direction. I didn't know where to go, who to work with. I didn't know anybody, um, not compared to how I do now. So I was just like, what what advice can you give me? And he told me about this website. It's called Bobnet. Have you heard of it? No. So it's a website just for roadies. It's almost like um, the Craigslist job section. That's the best way I could put it. Oh, but it's cool. just it's just for roadies. Uh, it's like twenty five bucks a year, which is nothing. And yeah. there's there's posts all the time for, you know, if they if someone needs a tour manager or lighting people or a, a bus driver or a box truck driver or stage managers and sound people, you know, drum techs stuff like that. So I signed up for that. And then the world shut down like right after the tour. So there was like nothing for a while. And this is where like just straight up luck or if you believe in stuff that's meant to be, whatever sure. it is. The first time I actually applied for a job, because when they post these things, almost I would say 99% of the time, it doesn't say what band it's for. It's just, you know, because for whatever reason, right? Yeah. So it was just like box truck driver. And I don't know. I just I applied. I was like, we'll see if anything comes of this. I get a call and uh, I answer the phone. I'm like, hello. He's like, hey, uh, this is Dan Rose, the manager of uh, the story so far. I was like, mm. what? I was like, no way. I was yeah. like, and then, and then like everything has happened from like I took from that there, job. Yeah. From there, it's been, it's been nonstop. Like I'm, t I had to turn down a tour with early November. I had to turn down a tour for Unearth and, that's not in a bragging way. I'm just, and I didn't oh, want to turn yeah. down those tours. Like, I'm, I'm just telling you what happened. Like I got within the same hour, I on earth offered me a tour and I had been nagging them for a year to take me out. And then one hour <laughs> later, not even one hour later, I got a call um, from Matt Wilson who manages Bayside. It was while we were on that tour. He's like, Hey man, I also tour managed the front bottoms and I want to lock you in for the rest of the year. And it was like, I was like, oh, I had to go back to Unearth and be like, I got this offer. And they're like, it was like bigger budget, more money. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were, the, the Unearth dudes were super cool. They're like, dude, you got to take that job. We, Absolutely. Like, we're not going to hold you back. We love you. So, it's, so that, it's, it's, it's yeah. still a conversation and you're like, ah, oh, you know, this and stuff. But I, uh, yeah, I wish I wish I could do both, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And the front bottoms, uh, you know, we had this discussion as to like, so they played the Great South Bay, which is like something in Patchogue, like over where I live. And I never this was like probably five, six, seven years ago. Uh, and I saw the name and they were above. I, I think they were headlining <laughs> above like maybe it was like Jimmy or like it was just someone that I loved. And I was like, Who Jimmy the World, no wait. 
No, it was like maybe it was the Get Up Kids. Like it was some, it was somebody that we just like couldn't. I'm like, who the fuck are the front bottoms? <laughs> I could see that the Get Up Kids. I would like. I yeah. couldn't. So I had no idea. And then we watched them, and I was like, oh, okay. Like it, it was pretty cool, but it didn't really hit till like later on. And then once, like you know, like I told you, once you start seeing like, I mean, you guys are playing the Paramount, like which is like our biggest place here. How many does like, that hold? I've never been sold out. Uh sixteen. I'm pretty sure sixteen forty. I'm pretty sure. I think these are small rooms for them too, man. Like oh, we're doing man. later in the year, we're doing Red Rocks with say anything. That's like eight thousand people. So, have you ever been to Red Rocks? No, but I can't wait. Yes, that's on my bucket list. Me too. I, I almost flew out to see Bleachers out there when they played last year, and I was like, ah, oh, I'm like, I can't, I can't just fucking go, you know, do Dude, that. Dude, when I was on tour with Story, I drove like, you know, I'm driving the their gear in this box truck, and I. I saw a sign. It was like, and it was like in the middle of a fucking snowstorm too. Like it was like Red Rocks right here. And like, I, was, I like really wanted to just pull over and go check it out. But I was like, I gotta, I gotta get to wherever yeah, we were to, playing. Yeah. But, but yeah, like I, I've, I've always wanted to go there. And, uh, and you know, that's so gonna Kevin, be good. That's gonna be good. We're doing a tour with Kevin Divine, so he's on the bill too. But um, awesome. say anything is on that particular special. It's a record release show. We're not doing eight thousand caps the whole tour. But it just speaks to, I, I don't know if it's sold out, but I bet it will be sold out. And wait, so it's yeah. it's Kev, it's Kevin Story, Front Bottoms. No, 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 sorry. So the Front Bottoms say anything, Kevin Divine. Fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's that... gonna be unreal. And I so Piebald opened for the Front Bottoms two years ago or a year and a my, half ago. My point was that they're awesome now. Now I now I get it, and I'm a big fan. But go ahead. Well, <laughs> just to add to that, man. So we opened for them like a year and a half ago and I had known how awesome they were. I've always liked them very much. And then we opened for them and they were so rad. Like even the Pieball guys, it's hard to, I've never seen any band grab their attention the way that the front bottoms did. And we've, yeah. we've opened for a lot of like prolific bands and stuff and festivals and everything. And then um, like when I worked for them, I've, I did like one quick festival run with them last week and a meeting up with them again later this week and so on for like pretty much the rest of the year but like instantly awesome people like good vibes like i are I, i'm already ready to like run through a brick wall for this band i love them as people but they did um we did shaky knees in atlanta it's a pretty good pretty big yeah, festival yeah. yep dude it's they put on one of the best 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 festival performances i've ever seen i've i've just it, it's one of those things you can't explain, but like I just I knew they were really good. I didn't know they were that good, you know. So so before we switch over to like the Weezer stuff, I, I do want to ask you one, one last thing to go off of what you just said. What are some of the performances that you've seen in the position that you're in that, that just like come to mind where you're like, this was extra special? Anything that sticks out? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, Opening for Dashboard every, every day was out, outstanding uh, not maybe outstanding but it was just unbelievable it was surreal because I, i've been a dashboard fan for I'm, I'm at that perfect how old are you i'm 45 you're 45 damn i thought that, wow you look good man i i'm man, 37 I'm, i thought we were the same age wow right yeah now nah, i'm i'm an old guy man yeah so like but dashboard was definitely i i caught the the, the tail end of the dashboard thing for sure I, I think i'm at that perfect age like I was like a junior or senior in high school when I discovered Dashboard. And so like 
perfect age for like taking back Sunday and dashboard yeah. and that whole thing. So I was already a huge fan. And then it wasn't just seeing dashboard every night, but also like he was doing the VIP package thing every day and he would do an acoustic um, set of like Not, nicest guy on the planet. Oh, he's the best. I so nice. This. Dude. I like text him sometimes. And I'm like, it's he, still like, I'm still a fanboy. You know what I mean? And I try not to like bother him. No, like, yo, gonna, he, so he, you know? like me and Dubin went to, to, to the vagrant thing. Yeah, and he I was like, yeah, you were there. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, like I met him there and he was just so goddamn nice. And we were talking about like just the most random shit and chords and, He's like, yo, he's like, you know, send me some of his music to Dubin and stuff like that. And I'm just thinking, like, just the most normal, like, sweet guy, man. Just Everything cool. that, like, you think he is and that image that he has, he is that and more. Yeah. You know, and, cool. and that's what I try to tell people because, you know, I've had people be like, what, is that guy actually cool? Like, what's the deal? I'm like, he is, he's cool. He's cooler than you would even imagine. And yeah, yeah. And so watching him do those VIP sets every day, like, I think it was like 50 or 60 tickets that he was selling for each show and people would come in and get a little merch package and a picture with him and then he would do a, a, a set of like maybe five acoustic songs and i whatever i was doing i was always setting up merch and running around doing like tour manager stuff but every day i planned it around that because i just wanted to watch him every day and it got to a point where he started like talking to me while he was on the mic. He'd be like, "Hey Dana, what's up? Hey, hey everyone, like yeah. that's Dana. Hey everyone, say hi." And I'm like, "What? What are you talking to me for?" Like, I, so like <laughs> that, or like after he would go out of his way after those sets. Sometimes he'd be like, like if I was across the room, he'd be like, "Dude, thank you so much for watching my set. What song should I play tomorrow?" Or something yeah. like that. So that will always blow my mind. Amazing. But um, also, so when Pieball did Boston Calling, we opened for we played on the same stage as Tool which was oh, pretty wow. wild. I, I, I was just watching Tool. Oh, that's like, funny. Before we, like, I'm, like, sitting here, like, waiting, and I just watched, like, a 1993 performance of theirs. <laughs> so That right. was unbelievable. It was definitely the biggest show Pieballs ever, ever played. Uh, and Converge played right before us. So, like, Boston Calling always tries to feature actual Boston bands. And that year, they put Converge and Pieball on the main stage back-to-back. -back. So that was really special. I'm trying to think uh what else um i worked boston calling last year not with i was all right so this is kind of weird so i got hired by a random pop band to be the tour manager for a day the peach tree rascals or i think they're called uh, but it was weird so like they were opening up the main stage and like they hired me, and then at the last minute, they were like, actually, we don't need a tour manager for that day, which I didn't even know what I was supposed to do in the first place. What do you do when you tour manage for a day? Hey, guys, you're on now. Yeah. <laughs> Here's some water and some some towels. I, I don't know. But what what did come out of that, I was like, I was like, can I still get like a pass like a, and like come hang out, and we can meet, sure. and maybe we'll work together in the future? And they were like, sure. So I didn't think that would work, but it did. So they gave me like an all-access wristband, so I just – I just walked around and got drunk. At like, yeah, which <laughs> but, which is which is fun. Like it's it's a fun thing. You know what it is? I think you and I are like some people don't like festivals. They don't like live like they like live music, but we love it. Like you and I, I could just tell. Like oh, yeah. I'll walk around. You know, like last time I went to Riot Fest, my girlfriend is done after like two bands. I'm like ping ponging around, going like, no, I got to watch this band. I got to because I love it. It's like what like I love it. There's not enough know? time in the day. And this yeah. will be a perfect transition. So that day at Boston Calling, 
I I went side stage for Modest Mouse. So I was like right up there on this big ass stage, thousands of people, and playing right after Modest Mouse was Weezer. Hell yeah. So Very cool. Let's let's what, do it. So with Weezer, I will say that day, this will be a perfect kickoff to this Hell segment, yeah. is I wasn't supposed to be side stage. I didn't know I didn't do this intentionally. <laughs> so because I was so you know, and this is not uncommon, so I'm not picking on Weezer, but when you play like big festivals where like like Metallica or somebody like that or Blink-182 is headlining, you know, if you have an all-access wristband, you can go anywhere you want, but once those really big headliners start playing, they they yeah. shut they shut off the side stage and don't... It, it doesn't matter if you're the singer of Modest Mouse. That guy probably wasn't allowed... I mean, he probably could have, but you know what I mean. Like, they're yeah. not going to allow anyone to just walk up side stage. But what I did was I was side stage for Modest Mouse, and when everybody left, first of all, you know the Weezer W, the big light-up W? Yep. I was standing, like, right next to it. I was, like, taking pictures of that, and I just I just stayed there. So I, I never left after Modest Mouse, and then, like, you know, I had probably an hour of downtime. I just started talking to the security guards and – um, I don't know. They liked me, and uh, but I saw them turning people. People who were in working the same band as me were trying to get up there for Weezer, and they couldn't. So somehow, I ended up allowed to stay there, and I watched them side stage. And honestly, the sound was shit from where I was standing. Like I sure. could barely even hear anything. Yeah, yeah. Like the songs, yeah, yeah. but it was it was just like I've been obsessed with Weezer forever. At one point, I was more or as obsessed with them as I am piebald. And uh, so that was like, a, I guess, a bucket list thing I didn't even know I had, you know. When was the first time you saw them? First time I saw Weezer, great question. It was the first real concert I went to. It was the Lowell Songus Arena in 2002. It was called the Hyper Extended Midget Tour. And it was <laughs> we Weezer, Saves the Day, and Ozma. I, yeah, yeah, I remember was, that. February 2002, the Get Up Kids did um, a leg of that tour as well. Uh, that's, I think they that's switched. what I saw. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, so that was the first time I saw them. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, a, it was before Maladroit came out. So it was like, but it, it was in between, in between, yeah, Green, yeah, yeah. Green and Maladroit. It was, it was the start of the Maladroit album cycle. Yeah, I, I was, you know, I'm an ex junkie, so like, I'm, I was just really, yeah. Wait, wait, like, like like heroin? Heroin, yeah. So I didn't I, know that. I, I've been sober since 98, you know? Dude, congratulations. Holy uh, shit. That's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, as time goes on, it's like, you know, like, it, it's it's more of a funnier part of the story than anything, you know? It's still a big deal. Like, Yeah, for sure. Good, good uh, for you. Like, you, again, you look, you, you said you're 45? Yeah, yeah. You, Wow, you man. know what you know what it is it's like you know when you got a little weight on you you know your, your face stretches out a little so it's <laughs> if i if i were to lose 20 pounds i might look my age but uh so i saw them at the roseland in 1995 and i was just so wasted oh, wow. uh, I, ju I just remember they came out it was just for the blue album right so they yeah. came out and they came out to the theme of magnum pi i just remember that helicopter and yeah, uh yeah. yeah it was just great i mean but they they only had the 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 blue album and 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 some like b-sides and stuff like that which like I, suzanne I, and shit I've, i don't even remember if they played that i would have to look at the set list but wow. i was definitely so back then we like them nah we we love them actually so who's uh, we 
well, me, my, my friend bases, you know, like my, my crew, right? Gotcha. So the, the sweater song came out and we were like, okay, that's cool. I get it. I like it. It's fun. Um, Buddy Holly. Okay. That that's fine too. And then it wasn't until we were at a house party, like me and my friends and my, and, and, and somebody had the cassette and I listened to the world has turned and I was like, yo, who the yeah. like, right. The first three songs right there. It's oh, like man. Jonas, no one else. Yeah. I'm like, and they're like, oh, that's that band Weezer. I was like, this is fucking Weezer. I, just, I can't believe it. I got goosebumps literally right now. Got yeah. Goosebumps. I got. Let me ask a personal question. Do you you still um, drink at all or anything or nothing? Nah, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Wow. Yeah. Do you ever? Food? You ever? <laughs> 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 me too. I like food. Food's great. Do I like you, food. Do, it tastes good. Do you? Uh, do you ever still have like? you know, temptations to like get drunk or anything like that. No. Good for you, man. Yeah. Um, Seriously. That's, that's like really awesome. It's, it was a wild ride, man. You know, just how, like, how, wait, you must've been like 20. So, I would, yeah, so when, when I started, I was like 13 and we were just getting in trouble. Like I was whole bunch started of doing kids. heroin at 13. Yeah. So like thir- oh, probably 14, shit. I started getting fucked up at like 13, 12, 13. The heroin came in at like 14, 15, and then by like 20, like I was like in and out of like jail, rehabs, detoxes, wow. selling, selling fucking drugs. I was on the run. I was on suffix most wanted. Yeah. It, it was, a, yeah, it was a wild ride. So what a I, story. Uh, yeah. 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 So I had to go away to this place for like, I got out in like 2000 and I was just like, all right, I'm 22. I'm like, I think, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. <laughs> That's interesting. You, Cause you know. You got it all out of your system quick, but you were like still yes. 22. You're still a kid. That's what I tell people. The benefit for me, I feel, was that I fucking went hard. Too hard. And by by like 20, like, you know, I still had to go to this place for like 18, 24 months, whatever. So by really? like tw- by 22, I got out and I was like, OK, I'm good. You, you know, ne- but- never relapsed. Not, not a drink. Nothing. Nah. Yeah. No weed, no nothing. Nah, I never liked weed, and I never liked drinking. It was like all hard shit. Also, it was so. Is heroin? What else can I ask? Yeah, heroin. Uh, you know, like crack. Hey, yeah, it did everything. Wow. We used to, you know, allegedly, probably, you know, we might have uh, gotten our hands on some crystal meth in the nineties too. <laughs> Dude, uh, that's wild. I I still I still enjoy like mushrooms and. Hey, man. Yo, whatever thing, works. Things and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> no, listen. But like, I like, I like my my biggest um like definitely uh like thing I gotta watch is the drinking for sure. But I also like I like weed. I like mushrooms, and I guess that's probably it. I, I don't do I, I don't do anything else. But I mean, Mush- I have done other stuff like mushrooms recreationally. And mushrooms and weed, great. Absolutely. Yeah. Who cares? The alcohol is tough because it's so readily acceptable and available. Yeah. You can, go, you can go anywhere and be like, oh, I don't want to drink today. And then you go into like a 7-Eleven or a Wawa and you're like, oh, all right, maybe I'll just have a beer today. And especially in this industry that we're talking about. Oh, yeah. I, I heard this on a podcast recently. I forget what show or who said it, but it definitely hit home for me. and It was perfectly said, but basically it was like it's the only – um, like industry or even like a workforce where not only is like, is it allowed, but it's like encouraged oftentimes yeah. to like get fucked up. So it's like, you know, it's easy to 
to like lose control over. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'm a social butterfly. Like when I saw you at that show, that Bayside show, um, with Mark and Vinny, um, and fucking where the hell was that? What was that place called? Uh, La Poussin Rouge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which that was that was so fun. We were standing on that staircase. Like that's why you know, being the driver is yeah. like I can have a couple beers and yeah just, yeah and then like it keeps me it keeps me out of trouble as opposed to like what i was talking about earlier just getting shit faced you know uh you know or having too much you know absolutely yeah yeah for sure yeah i mean you have a you have responsibility for sure when you get in that 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 truck man and because you look at everyone and you're like i got you guys i got you <laughs> even just staying busy like work like tour manager slash merch is like it, it even if I have a couple beers, I barely have time to pick the thing up and sip on it because I'm like just always like, yeah, using my hands trying to do shit. So, yeah, you're the man. Uh, cool, yo. So let's let let's do just rattle off your honorable mentions, and then from there we'll go back and forth on the top ten, which will be a little bit more in depth. So give oh, me give man. me give me give me give me five that didn't make the list, but you you couldn't leave them off. I have I have more than that. Me to me too. Me too. I so, have like um, seven. I have like uh, seven or eight. I have two. I have a little notebook here with like two pages full of shit that I wrote down. So, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna say I I haven't heard. So, I love Weezer. You love Weezer. I'm in the Weezer fan club. Um, but I haven't listened to anything post Pacific Dream. Okay. So I'll okay. say that I don't like. I started to listen to a like a couple songs real quick just before we hopped on but i was like i i can't get into this right now so what i'll say how about i'll maybe name like a some songs off of like uh, so no particular order off of pacific daydream i love qb blitz that song i think is incredible um off the white album i love girl we got a good thing i love endless bummer and I think I'll stop there. Off of Hurley, which is probably the most hated Weezer album ever. I love the song Unspoken. And I'll just say I think that the Teal album is pretty fucking sick front to back. That sure. cover it's that's the cover record. The I, cover I think out, they yeah. should do more of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Pacific is a good place to dip out of because that album like that album tested you know that album did to me what ratitude did to me it, it shook me to the core because i often say that i am a weezer apologist and when me and my friends like i i'm always the guy you know on facebook like i'll be like hey this is a good weezer song and everyone just chimes in no it's fucking not and i'm like i swear i swear just listen to me this is a good one so yeah, I I that album's a good drop off point. I I went and listened to to Winter, you know. Um, but so I'm gonna mention, I want you to, and I'm your daddy. Those two songs off of Ratitude were really good. The only thing that really bothers me about those two songs in particular are just the lyrics are so fucking terrible. But goddamn, are they really <laughs> well written songs, right? Agreed. Uh, I'm going to go uh to the Green album. I'll I'll mention two. I'm gonna go knockout, drag out, and glorious day are fucking bangers. Just to add, I I didn't have nothing on the green album made my list, but I do love that record. I I think Hashpipe's the best song on there. I love Hashpipe; it's so good. Yeah. I also love Old Girlfriend. Yeah, and, I know oh, that's, that's a good crab. One. I love crab. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's it's solid, man. It's just I you know, when that record came out, I I looked at it and I was like, this is good, but it's so detached for, like I'm like mathematically it's good. Like I listened to it, I'm like, it's catchy, but the structures were so similar. And it's like, okay, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, mimic it, the it the, sounds the... like one long song almost. Yeah, it, like, it's it's okay. Like I, I know what you're trying to say, and and I agree. Uh, also, just Island of the Sun is great. That's a, I mean, that's a, an incredible song. But I, it's easy to just like skip those because you've heard them so many times and they're so yeah. popular. So like, I think you and I probably are both looking for like the ones that people don't talk about. Oh, and that's why I wanted to mention Hashpipe. Hashpipe's sick, dude. That song's awesome. I mean, the video is it, awesome. It's got like it's that. got it's got riff for days right there. Um, also. During that era, that was like a big comeback for them, um, you know, because yeah, yeah. Rivers went to Harvard and stuff. And yep. They came back. They came back actually under the name Goat Punishment. It was like a secret. Do you you probably know about this? Do you? No, no, I didn't know. So they they came back. They had to to play show like really small club shows, and they went under the band name Goat Punishment. But it was Weezer, and they great, were great playing, name. playing the Green Album. And um, also, also um, shout out and salute to Mikey Welsh, who was an incredible yeah, bassist. Absolutely who passed away. It's been a few years now, probably like, yeah, probably like seven years or so. But um, I don't. He was in other bands too. But but anyway, but yeah, um, it's a weird. It's kind of a weird record. Like it's their third record. They've done a lot of better things since. But I don't. Know, it's kind of just like somewhere in the middle for me. Yeah, in retrospect, when when you listen to it, you know, with a lot of the stuff that came out after, it really, you know, when you go back to it now, it's like, okay, this feels a lot more like a Weezer album than, let's say, the Black album. You know what I mean? So, like, totally. you listen to it, and you're just like, okay, now you appreciate it more. It's like, like I tell people, when I go back and, and I watch, like, movies from the 90s now that I didn't appreciate back then, I'm just like, oh, I get it now, 30 yeah. years later. So, um, Slave is another one I wanted to mention off of Maladroit which I Good love yep. uh, and uh, keep fishing just missed my list. I fucking love it. But wait, well, so that's let, wait. we talking about Maladroit. Oh, oh, that yeah. was one of your, sorry. Sorry. That was yeah, one these, of your, these are, these are just my, my, my honorables. It didn't make my 10. So I wanted dude, to get those out of the way. I love keep fishing. And there were two versions of that. I liked the, the newer one was better. And that is one of the best music videos ever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so the, good. with the Muppets. Yep. 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 I, I, love, I yeah. I didn't, you know, like Dope Nose and, and Keep Fishing are, are two really good songs off that. But I mean, I just, I you know, like it, it's it's a tough list. And I just kept looking at it going like, well, it's not better than this. So I actually um, Keep Fishing is pretty high on my my top 10, actually. Good, good. Yeah, because yeah, it's a great song. I just. Yeah, it is. I'll get more into that thing. So let's do 10 right here. So we'll go back and forth. We'll 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 dive in. Give me your number 10. So I'm still not happy with my <laughs> my order. Like yeah. I did it really quick and because uh, I could literally do this for days. So, um, but this is what I got. So top number 10, I got the other way off of make believe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that album is, uh, I feel like that album was a great return maybe, or maybe it just, I don't, why did that, why was that album you're right. so much, right? So, it just felt better. You're right. Because so 2002 was when Maladroit came out, make believe came out in 05. So there was okay. like a three year gap there. And you didn't hear much from them for a couple of years. There were some tours. And also when they came back, they did a really small club 
tour. Like they played the Avalon in Boston, which is a house of blues now without, but it, it didn't have like the balconies. So maybe a thousand, twelve hundred or something. And I remember seeing them with this band called Ringside, who was kind of had a couple songs I really liked. And I the album leaked. So I saw them and I knew all the words to the album. I got up against the barricade, but the record wasn't out yet. And I remember like singing all the songs. And the next day, Carl was like um, doing the uh, the website, the Weezer blog. He's like, there were people who even knew the songs and were singing it. It was definitely me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and like, um, and then and then they did a um, a big big tour with uh, the Foo Fighters, like for that album cycle right after it came out the same year. Uh, but yeah, make believe um, was an era for me where I was like 19 or 20 years old and working in a restaurant, smoking a lot of weed as like, I was just a cook. And every night me and my buddy, my buddies from the restaurant, we would smoke mad weed and like go play uh, Mario Kart double dash for like oh, hours. Yeah. And, yeah. and we, he had one of those three CD um, disc things. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Make believe he would put, would be the first CD. The second one was the postal service. And yes. the third one, the third one was um, "I Can Make a Mess Like Nobody's Business." Ace Enders from the early November, his side project. Okay, just, like like for like months, dude. Every day we would just like smoke mad weed, play Mario Kart, and listen to like those CDs. God damn, so, that that so, postal service is banging. Yeah, they just announced a tour. Um, all right, so I'm gonna do my number ten, which is from the Hated Red album. But I'll I'll tell you this. There's something absolutely ridiculous. I couldn't leave this song off because it's a rock opera. The greatest man that ever lived. Yeah. Uh, I know you hate it. No, <laughs> right? I, no, I don't. Oh, no. I thought you hated it. Oh, that's my number seven. Okay, good. So, I, <laughs> so I'll, I'll wait to talk about it then. If you have, oh, you mean the album seven. or the song? The song. No, I, I, I love that song. All right, if you have it higher up on your list, then I'll wait to talk about it so we yeah. can both talk about it. So, um, give me your number nine. Uh, from the red album. Uh fronted by pat wilson automatic yeah i love um do you think there was any rumor any truth to the rumor that i guess the guys wanted to write songs and uh rivers was like okay cool you guys write songs and i you know you'll see how hard it is and that's why he let them do a bunch of songs on there i don't know about the specific part about you'll see how hard it is i don't know anything about that but i do remember that's an interesting, very, very unique album of theirs. Like it stands out and like, I really, um, like troublemaker. I really, I don't want to, I don't really enjoy that song and I hate to say <laughs> bad things, but like, what, like put it this way, troublemaker and Beverly Hills. When I see them live, those are my bathroom songs. I'm like, yeah, see like, like I just like, don't really care. For, I don't know if they're played out or I just don't care for them. I'm not even sure. But I, I think I think there's just something really vulgar about Beverly Hills that it's like it's just I don't know boring. What it, doom it doom just, chop, doom yeah. doom chop. You know, it's, it's it's just boring. But it like it went platinum as a single, so good for them. Absolutely, and people loved it, and it just it showed me. So like I I saw Weezer maybe a couple of years ago with the Pixies, and this is what I'll always remember. Uh, it was around the time of the Black Album. And they played Pink Triangle. And me and my girlfriend were like, yeah, Pink Triangle, right? And then the next song was something off the Black Album. And we wanted to kill ourselves. But the girl, the <laughs> girls, in, but the girls in front of us 
were like, you know, maybe 20, 21, 22, and they were fucking loving it. And I thought really? to myself, okay, so I get it. You know, they have such a, it was almost like this like accepting feeling where it's like they played a song for me. Now they're playing a song for their younger fans and they somehow figured it out. Good yeah. for you fucking guys. Good for them. I, I do got to add, I, I told you the story on Instagram, but I just got to say like, yeah, yeah. During that Boston calling when I was like backstage where I wasn't supposed to be. Dude, I'm telling you five feet away from me was Rivers Cuomo. And I was just trying to look forward and not at him or like just trying to be cool, you know? And he had his guitar, like it was like five minutes before their set, man. Like, so he's right there with his guitar already around his shoulder, and and he was doing vocal warm-ups and he was singing Pink Triangle. And like, I, do you know how badly I wanted to like take my phone out and record yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. But but it like it would have been inappropriate and because ah. he was already weirded out by me, I could tell. So I just took that one in and I looked over at him. And what I didn't tell you on Instagram, I had a beach ball that I had blown up and I, I drew on it. Like I, I drew a big Weezer logo and I was just like holding, I was holding this big beach ball. Like I was just waiting to throw it out in the crowd, you know? And I just wrote Weezer, I, it was just like Weezer stuff. But like, so just to add to how much I probably weirded him out. So I had this big beach ball with the Weezer sign on it and I'm like five feet away from him. And then like, I looked over at him after he was doing those warmups and uh, I threw the, the, you know, the Weezer sign with your, like your thumb and your fingers, like the Weezer wings. And dude, he just stared at me and like his glasses give him these big bug eyes too. Yeah, and he's like yeah. weird in general. He was I just love it. staring I love at it. me, dude. But yeah, um, but <laughs> I love triangle, man. I, Pinkerton is. Uh, awesome. I love, yeah. I love, I was waiting for you to tell that story before. So I'm glad you did. Um, <laughs> all right. So my number nine is off the green album. Uh, it's, it, from day one, it was always my favorite song off that album, which is Photograph. I think Photograph oh, is just fucking great fantastic. Song. Yeah, it's just really um, Don't Let Go is good to kick it off, but once Photograph comes in, it's like, you know what? Like, this is, I feel like that's my favorite song off that record. It, so that's that was doing. a lot of people, that was like the single that never got any love. So the single, first it was Hash Pipe, then Island in the Sun, but Photograph was supposed to be a single. It, it was technically a single. I don't know I if didn't. you remember that. Like you, no. I, I, I have. Back then, I used to like collect like um, anything Weezer related. I, I like that they released musically. I would get my hands on. I should. I, I have right there. I just can't reach them. I have like <laughs> some, some, some imports of like. You remember the thin CDs that were like, like just the singles. It would have like three songs. It would have yeah, yeah, the single and then yeah, a couple yeah. B sides on it. Yeah. And so I have like a couple imports from like Japan and stuff of Photograph. Yeah, those are great. Like you used to get them like at the end of shows, like people would just hand them out and shit. Like sometimes, like I remember, um, you know, like samplers too, like with the three songs. It's like, okay, well, oh, this yeah. is the single. So that's yeah, how yeah. I got it. That's how I got into Cradle but, of Filth. <laughs> it's fun. They're the old fashioned way, but it a lot of people don't know if I, I want to say they even had a music video for I have a couple Weezer DVDs. I'm talking like I, I, Weezer nerd here, man. Uh, that's yeah, why yeah. I was so excited to to do this with you because this is a fun one but photographs a great great choice all right so let's do number eight for you i got off of make believe the song peace oh man good one yeah yeah yeah. what do you got yeah so i got number eight also for make believe um you know i i it was just really hard to pick something that i felt was my favorite song off that but when i listened to it and you know knowing that we were going to do this 
there's something about this is such a pity that I love. So, so retro, the synth, the melody, the chorus is really good. When I really broke it down, like it was between that and perfect situation, but this is such a pity is just uh I really, track three? Yeah. So yeah. good. This I, is such a yeah. pity. Yeah, that's I, cool, man. I like I think that whole record is really aside from Beverly Hills, which is like the biggest hit, you know, uh it, incredible and Beverly, Beverly Hills is not a bad song. It's just boring. This is like the rest of literally every single other song on the album's better. But um Make, Make Believe did feel like there was like his uh, so the Green album was cool, but it was so mathematical like oh okay uh i got shit mm -hmm. on with pinkerton i'm going to try to recreate the blue album just not as good then maladroit was this like weird totally. thing that came out like a year later where it's like okay we'll just throw burnt jam and like space rock and all this other shit mixed in with weezer stuff and then once make believe came out you're like oh wait maybe that maybe they are back and you hear like you know perfect situation and all these other songs best friend you know so and that was that was also after like I, like Rivers has been, I did listen to some of that podcast you sent me, where River I I fell asleep during some of it. Oh, it's um, not good. The one so so, well I, but this part of it is relevant. Yeah, because Rivers is like boring, dude. He's like he's like yeah. a weird guy. Flea um, was trying, yeah, dude. Trey, he was trying so hard. He was trying. He was trying he's so like, hard. He's like, okay, so yeah. next question, I guess. <laughs> he's but, like, that's cool, man. But like the meditation thing. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah he like make believe came out after he like really went deep into the meditation thing and i think that's part of why there was that three-year gap um and so you know those songs are very much like impacted from him just coming out of that cool yeah yeah, yeah. that makes but sense. then they dropped the red album which was like so weird and like completely like, what a weird career and i didn't even know until oh, actually yeah. that. they have 15 albums which i didn't even i didn't realize i had that, that many i felt like 10 um that was what flea said at the beginning of that interview i was like 15 i don't know if he's including like the covers and um death to false metal was like a more of a compilation yeah. i think but but anyway i you know, when he didn't include um his solo shit alone but uh, that's probably for another another time but oh, <laughs> there's, yeah. some, there's some bangers on there what were you saying uh no so i was gonna say let's do uh number seven which is uh your uh um the greatest man that yep, ever lived the greatest yeah. man that ever lived what a song that song is a masterpiece in itself yeah the falsetto like it, every it's it's like basically one album in snippets in a song it's like uh, if you took yeah. one album and you like it's like five or ten songs and it's like, OK, let's put like a, a little bit of each song from this album. That's what it sounds like to me. I, that's pretty much what I was. I was going to say it's like five like mini songs or something and all in one, like like five, like one minute songs. It's just the, just the change ups. It's like weird how they made it work with one song. And I, I also I remember seeing them play that uh, on that album cycle because up until very recently, I would say that tour with the Pixies, there was no way I was ever going to miss a Weezer show, not just Massachusetts, in New England. If they came to Connecticut, I was there. You know, if they came to New Hampshire, I was there. So um, I remember seeing them do a tour. I saw them with Angels and Airwaves right after the Red Album came out. And I want to say I saw them at, like, I think Mohegan Sun around the same time. And they played Greatest Man That Ever Lived both times. And I was like, I was... That's what that's, I was hoping for. That song's 
un- it, it's it's a masterpiece. It's kind of a masterpiece. Yeah, man. It, I, I didn't want to leave it off my top 10 because it's like I, I don't think many people talk about it. Like people like talk about other songs, but I don't feel like the Red Album gets a, a lot of the spotlight. And, and that's a really I mean, that's a banger. I fucking oh, love it. But going back to what you were saying, like about the rumor on that record, though, they they definitely, you know, Rivers definitely let those guys have some rain and that was what makes it special but also weird because like brian's got his own song knew you back then i, I is that the name i forget that i have it thought, further thought up I on could. my list i have thought, it thought, i have it i have it up on my list we'll that's talk about a great that. one and yeah scott's got a song pat's pat's song automatic and i should have um when i was talking about pat's song automatic pat's the drummer of weezer if anyone doesn't know but he also his band's pretty sick the special goodness i don't know if they still do shit but he like he's a great musician he's a killer like guitar not just drummer but guitarist yeah, and singer absolutely and because he was playing a lot of guitar on that tour like that's when, right I, yeah. yeah that was yeah they had they hired a drummer so that he, <laughs> he came out and he was yeah that was so, what a weird we yeah. just fucking weird man weird yeah <laughs> i mean after a while they're probably like yeah fuck it whatever we'll just do whatever so uh, um and and i the rivers with the cowboy hat is pretty funny but that album yeah. cover is definitely uh something to to, to look at that's for sure well, that what, cowboy hat. what's your seven seven is uh the end of the game off of van weezer uh van weezer so i don't think you dipped in there because that was after uh Correct. pacific wow what a fucking great album like it's yo this band Damn. It, let me tell you there's something about them they're like the underdog because whenever they like Hurley, no, not Hurley. Ratitude, like, just shook me to my core, and then they got me back with with the <laughs> other with the other album. Then Pacific came out, Pacific Day, a Dream Day, whatever the fuck it was called. I was just like, I can't even <laughs> listen to this fucking thing. And then Van Weezer comes out. Uh, actually, the the slow album came out, and then Van Weezer came out afterwards. It's so good. This song "End of the Game" is is absolutely fantastic. My number seven. Well, you then gotta, you, you gotta I listen. will listen to that. I, after we're done, I will listen to that record. Yeah, because I have two songs from that album, so definitely listen to this too. So let's do uh, uh, number number six. Number six, I got "If You're Wondering" from the White Album. Uh, uh, was that the White Album? No, no, no. That's Ratitude. No, if you're, Ratitude. yeah, yep, Ratitude. Which, yeah, I, yeah, I get the most hated record. I think the first, four, I like the first four tracks very much. Uh, if you're wondering, I think I'm your daddy's number. I'm two, your daddy. Yeah. Which, like you said, you mentioned Rivers as a lyricist. Uh, he, if you really like look back and think, uh, I'll give Pinkerton a pass, but even that is okay. But like he's not going back to the Blue Album. Like he doesn't even, like he doesn't even write full sentences. Like he he is a, <laughs> the worst lyricist ever. It's it's almost like he doesn't even try. Like, but I there was there there was something endearing about him not trying to sound like that. Like when when he said, "What's with these homies dissing my girl." Back then, it just seemed like genuine. It seemed it like it doesn't even make sense. No, I, I mean, get it. I, I it, <laughs> you know, maybe, uh, yeah, I guess I was like slightly older in like '94, and it was just maybe it was just like the lingo that we were using because we were all, all like big hip hop guys. So to hear this guy say that, it was such a weird, like, <laughs> like just that like is... rev- reverse thing. So, like, at 16, I'm listening to it going like. Oh, that's kind of cool. Like, cause it, you're watching this nerd with glasses say that. And it just seemed like it came from like a genuine place. But like later on, like the lyrics just got even worse and worse and, or something. 
and I will say only in dreams is oh. my number one or number two favorite songs like of all time. I, probably so number good. one. Like yeah. that's a masterpiece. Uh, Holiday is awesome. Yeah. And I, I know we're not here to analyze this album, but uh, nah, yeah. I, like say it ain't so it's about his dad and drinking and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, like, like the sweater song, what what is he even saying? I have I don't. I'll, what is he saying? So I, I what I do like about it is um, actually Surfwax America. You know what? All right. The lyric, I, I'll give those lyrics a pass. <laughs> I, 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 I like pull the thread as I walk away. You know, like you could put in your own fucking like, you know, that that's at least somewhat creative. You know, I think, you know, but yeah, sure. What is the sweater song about? Maybe. All right. All right. I'll give the first <laughs> I'll, I'll give the first two albums a pass. But I, I but I don't know. I just like. And it's also it's I like what you, Weezer apologist is a beautiful term because that's that, what I have. That's what we are <laughs> yeah, for a very long we... time. But I've recently just given that up to not to be a yeah. hater or negative, but like I just stopped. I just I don't know what I am now. It's like a love hate thing that I have because I love them. So they're so important to me. But uh, well, it I also like now like looking back some of the stuff doesn't like listening back for this pre in preparation for this podcast some of the songs didn't hold up like i thought they would to be honest mm -hmm. but a lot of them i was like oh my god i like i didn't i i didn't want to like i wasn't ready to record with you because it was so much more i needed to like listen to and i like didn't want the i didn't want to take my headphones off headphones off because i was enjoying it so much you know i yeah i i, I uh it, it was a tough list. And, and once I started making it, I started writing down all these songs and I was like, holy shit. I'm like, how the fuck am I going to get 10 out of this? Uh, guilty um, pleasure. Uh, I will say, we'll just say, sorry, I'm cheating here. But uh, from Ratitude, was, I I love the song with Lil Wayne. Can't stop. Yeah, yeah. I think that song's great. <laughs> I think, listen, at the end of the day, if you're going to throw, if you're going to just cross like that, that's, that's balls and I get it and I love it. You know, it's, it's, it's something that you just, you know, like you don't give a fuck. And, and, and I thought it was cool that they did that. You know, it might've been somewhat of a, a cash grab in a way. I, I just, I guess it's when I get bummed out sometimes it, because you get as a fan, I'm in the fan club and stuff. Again, you get, sometimes you just get the vibe. Like, like they just really just want to make, money or maybe it's just rivers and maybe i'm wrong i want i oh, want to be wrong but we are like, fans we're fans and only yes. fans could be this critical because it I'm, means something true but but i also i don't like to talk shit and um me neither else, like you know i do you, it would if piebald were to open for them one day that's a dream come true so i don't want to burn any any bridges here but rivers if um, you're listening and you need we, someone on the we, road we love you I can get you his contact. Just let me know. <laughs> but but I, I remember reading about um um what's the, what is it can't stop partying and them getting Lil Wayne and like I I want to say if I remember reading they I think it's like seventy five thousand dollars he charges for uh, like a guest spot and like someone asked him if they if they had if they met him or not like or hung out with him and I think if I remember. He just kind of like snuck in. It's like some point he he found out a little way and found out a time that they weren't around, and just like snuck into the studio and like knocked it out real quick and just hopped back in the car, 
and left. I like Little Wayne, dude. The Carter Three came came out around the same time, which is a killer record. But yeah, that 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 seems super unrelatable. Like as far as like to do that because it's such a like music is such a fun thing to me, and I'm sure to you that I couldn't even comprehend that. But it seems to be on brand with, with you know what Weezer does with both of them. <laughs> though also the Weezer Wheezy because Little Wayne goes by Wheezy, so yeah, it, it's cute. I get it. And yeah, I, yeah. I like the song. I think it, I think it came out great. Well, you're a better man than me on that one. That's for sure. But I cheated because <laughs> it's not even on my list. Sorry. <laughs> what are we up to? Six? Uh, five. Uh, wait, what was your six? Uh, what was your six? Mine was if you're wondering. Oh, duh. From okay, yeah, yeah. Then we yeah, okay. we went off. So <laughs> six. Six is lonely girl. Um, I love that song. Okay, <laughs> so. Uh, Ratitude, really? Wait, lonely girl? Wait, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm, I'm saying. Oh, rat, Ratitude ruined. Like I was just like, yo, fuck you. So I didn't even listen to Hurley. It, like memories, maybe, like because it was attached to Jackass and all that other stuff. Yeah, that was but a cool video. Yeah. Going back to it, I'm like, oh, it, it wasn't even that bad. It seemed to be more of a, a return to form. It's but all, every, it's, every, mm. every, everything will be all right. Uh, uh, like when that every, came back. Oh man, yeah. Right, it was just like everything whoa. will be all right in the end, <laughs> and we'll get into this yes. towards the top of my list. But it's a mess. Okay, all right. So yeah. we'll 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 because we'll, I I was gonna gush on the album, but we'll talk about it later. Because yeah. uh, but anyway, Lonely Girl is my number six. So what's your number great five? song? My number five, track one off of Maladroit, American Gigolo. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Great song. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I like the I like that album cover. It's like weird. It's like the. That like it's it's like that like dummy sitting on the couch yeah. and it's like a it's yeah. I don't know and and I still remember the day that record came out I was uh, in high school I skipped school that day to walk to the record store to buy it and and I I the the CDs were like numbered I had a numbered one I don't remember what number it was or if I still have it and around the same time I don't know if you remember this they dropped um a live EP it was called the Lion and the Witch. I don't. It has like yeah. five songs on it. Uh, I know like Death and Destruction was on there. It was just this beautiful um, version of Death and Destruction. There, are, I want to say a, a couple Pinkerton songs on there. I forget the track list. Uh, maybe like Fallen for You. And I, I forget, but I think I have it on. I, I had that. I had that CD too. It was a very limited, limited release. And I, I lost. I think that I was, lost. That it, is a beauty. The beauty of that stuff back then. Mm -hmm. Um so for me, I it was with them, but also with Smashing Pumpkins, stuff like that. Like back then, like you would find like a cassette or like a CD. It's like, okay, well, this is like three B-sides and this is the acoustic version of like this and stuff like that. And it's like, wow, it, it was just so fucking special to fucking get that back then. You Are you a vinyl guy? You know, I'm not. My girlfriend has some stuff. We have some stuff, but like I'm uh, I spent my whole life collecting music. And uh, once we went to digital, like I just never looked back. But I mean, I, I I would I was that guy that was buying every week. I would take my paycheck and I fucking I would buy like six albums a week. It it's a money pit. Like I I I I'm a record guy. I'm not crazy, but I like like I do buy records that like I, I've spent up to two hundred bucks on one record that I when what, you can just go what on album? Spotify. What album? Uh, actually, so Piebald's record, this one behind me, where the only friends we have, goes yeah. for about two hundred, but including shipping because it's really on Discogs now. It's like one seventy or so, I think. 
um, yeah. plus shipping from like Europe or something. Um, what else? Uh, there's a Coheed record that I was trying to trade for their first record, Second Stage yeah. Turbine Blade. So I became homies with Travis Stever, their guitar player, uh, through having him on the podcast. And I've been trying, because he wants this on vinyl, which is really hard to find. I've been trying to like, I've been busting his balls. Maybe like, maybe try a little too, like annoying, like trying to trade, because he has a couple original releases, but on Discogs, to get that, it's like $600. Like wow. They did just repress it. So if anybody wants it, you can get it much more. It's much sure. more accessible now. But like the first edition, I've been trying to like work out a trade with him. We're, work, we're, we're working it out. Uh, we're working something out, I, I, I think, I hope. But That first album's amazing. And it's funny to like remember it from back then. And then like the next record just being so huge and different that you're like, wow. So that, that oh, first those, Their so first special. two records, they like the, I like... I love Coheed, but, and they've done a lot, but those first two are like very yeah. important to me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, American Gigolo, what was your number five? My number five, uh, I went with Da Vinci from the same album. I love that song. Well, that, isn't that off of Everything Will Be All Right in the End? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I love, I it's just, it, it kind of reminds me of Pork and Beans, but just better. That's you know? a great song that I didn't even consider. Uh, Pork and yeah. Beans is a great song. It, 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 you know, once again, it's just like <laughs> once you get over the lyrical content, sometimes it's just right. the melody and the guitar. Like the music's just fucking fantastic. The melody's great. That's what I, I, I like feel how about it like starts like that dude, do 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 do, and yeah. then it, but then that dun 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 dun. Yeah. I'ma do the thing. It gets thing. like pretty heavy. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, that song's awesome. I love it. Uh, all right, let's move right along. Let's do number four. I got keep fishing good one and yeah. and part of that is the music video too again there were two different versions of it uh they're both great but the second version i think they did it they also did that with um what is it uh what's the the sing-along one off of make-believe um perfect situation perfect there situation were two, there were, yeah, there, yeah. If you, oh yeah you're know, right you're right yeah 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 the, right. the second one is like leap like leap year is better than the, like the, it was because the whole chorus changed like the octave like yeah. the the original one was like down and yeah. that that i thought that was great too but then when they like I, i'm not a musician but like when they when they fixed that yeah I, like i didn't even know how much better it could have been but but keep fishing yeah that that's you again, know if anyone hasn't seen that video it's it's so good keep fishing what i love about it is at its core it's such a weezer song you know, it's yeah. such a it's such a Weezer song. It's better than anything on the Green album. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe it might be the best song on Maladroit. Yeah, I, it's I one just, of the best songs. I mean, I, obviously, I, I think that's my number four. No, song. no, I I had to mention it. I I had to take it off for something. But yeah, I completely agree. Um, so back to the Red album. Thought I knew Brian Bell. Nice. I fucking love that song. I couldn't believe it. I'm like listening to it. Wait, I isn't no that wait? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut. Sorry, you can. Yes. What am I? Thought I knew you better. I thought that was Scott for a second. Scott's is king. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thought I knew is Brian. Wait, thought I knew. Yeah. That's a great song. And but I has... didn't have a clue. That song's so good. And he so has. Good. What's uh? What's the name of his band? He's got a good band uh, too. Space Twins. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's. Yeah, man. I was that's just that, saying. That's a great four. choice. 
I, I like I champion that song. Like it's one of those songs that when people are like, oh, fuck Weezer now, I'm like, yo, listen to X, Y, and Z. I always throw a thought I knew in there because it's such a curveball. It doesn't sound it's not even rivers. And yeah, it's the thing like, is, it's like not a Weezer song, but it is. It's not a Weezer song it's whatsoever. Not. So, like a yeah. lot of the songs, like uh, at least a handful of the songs on the record are, are not like, like literally like the song automatic or thought I knew. Yeah. Or like those are songs that are more fitting for those dudes uh, side bands. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But thought um, I knew is great. Yep. So four, all right, top three, man, let's do it. Number three, I got the closing track to make believe haunt you every day. It's uh, it's just this beautiful like love song, kinda. Um, I just, you know, and I actually listened to that one before we hopped on here just to like make sure I still yeah felt as strongly as I did about it, and it gave me goosebumps. It, it still it still does it for me. And I remember reading about that track in particular. Someone asked him like. Like when the album came out, there was some sort of interview I read. And I remember him saying like, that was me trying to write some, cause there's some piano in it. He's like, I was trying to do like, I was thinking about Billy Joel when I wrote that. I was trying to do my own Billy Joel song and that was what came out. So Haunt yeah. You Every Day is, um, and I always, I don't know why, but I always like think of the, I don't know if you're a Pokemon guy, it's like really weird, but I think of the Pokemon <laughs> Hunter. <laughs> yeah, no, I, nerd I, shit, but. I uh I missed that one for sure. I think uh <laughs> I, I I know the name. I don't I don't know much about it. Um the song? Right, no, no, the po- oh, the, the Pokemon, Pokemon thing. <laughs> oh, sorry. It was like a weird really weird thing to bring up. It just like popped in my head, but yeah, yeah one under, yo. Um all right, so listen. Uh the seasons records. When they first started coming out, I was like, garbage. I can't fucking listen to this. Fucking garbage. I didn't like it. I'm like, what is this shit? And then Winter came out, which was the last of the four. And then they had a song called I Want a Dog on it. And it hit my release radar on Spotify. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to listen to it. Blew me away. Like, What's the name of it? I'm going to write I, it down. I Want a Dog. It's the first song off the Winter's thing. And it, it, I mean, it might as well be on Pinkerton. It's fucking fantastic. It's really? so goddamn good. Yeah, it just got this like, um, it, it's it's Weezer. It's Weezer at its fucking core. Everything about it, slow to mid tempo to fast to fucking, um, you'll hear it. it. It's absolutely fantastic. And that EP, the winter's EP has a lot of good songs on it, but this is definitely my favorite. And, uh, some of the other stuff was just, I felt like it was almost Pacific, uh, daydream or whatever the hell that album's called again. Uh, <laughs> you know, redone. Like some of those like EPs on like, I cannot, I'm like, fuck you. I can't entertain this shit. But that last one, has, a, a, I think that they consciously knew, like, okay, these three are for the new fans. This last EP is for, like, you know, jerk offs like me. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want a dog. I got it written down. I'm definitely going to listen tonight. Cool. Uh, number two. My number two off of Maladroit. And there's no Weezer song even close to being similar to it. Burnt Jam. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 got like that like I don't know it's almost like a little not a ska riff but it's like no nah, yeah um, how do you describe it you're you're a musician how do you how would you describe it it's uh it's like yeah it's like a choppy riff it's like it's almost like a jam band riff kind of in in a way almost which like, is a little funky sacrilegious that, like, you would yeah funk, until funk you, until you hear Rivers's voice 
you would be if you didn't know you'd be like you, the, you your last guess would be weezer yeah and then it um, kicks and, in great and also what also kicks in right there and this was the first record uh that they did with scott their now longtime bassist who i think is like just unbelievable like mikey all right mikey not mikey welsh um Matt Sharp, their original bassist, he was better for a Weezer personality-wise. Yeah. yeah. But Scott is the better bassist. That guy is, I love him so much. Like he is unbelievable, and I love the way the bass kicks in in the song "Burnt Jam." Um, but the lyrics are weird. It starts. It starts off gothic flavor. How I miss you. If I only once could kiss you. I guess it's not that weird. Maybe it was just some gothic chick he was obsessed with. But he was married yeah. at this point, I believe, and. I don't know. I don't think his wife's gothic. So I don't know. But, but like, I, I, but like back when this came out, I'm in high school and maybe this is why I have a beef with the, the lyrics even more. So, you know, back then, like, like now I don't even like, I don't pay a, a, enough attention to lyrics. Uh, like I, I don't even really at, at all, unless it's an easy sing along that I know when I listen to new music, Some now I'm more people. into the sound itself. But back yeah. then, like I might, um, I might have been in search of like lyrics, like in a poetic sense, and the music came second at times. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. You know, to me, like melody is king. Like melody is is you know the, the sound basically that that gets stuck in your head. You know, you could fucking say you know suck my dick in a melodic way, and people be like yeah. suck my dick or fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't doesn't matter what you say, but like. Yeah, Weezer is one of those bands that's just it's the melody and their harmonies are great and their song structures. The lyrics I don't pay attention to, but there are some bands whose lyrics I do pay attention to. Like if I'm listening to like the Drive By Truckers or something like that, where I'm like, okay, well lyrically now I'm, I'm gonna pay attention to this. So it just depends on who it is. Are you that way at all? Um, th th in the same way I was describing, whereas like nowadays you pay less attention to the lyrics and more attention to the music or it, it it just depends on the artist you know it's um yeah musically music is always gonna catch me first every right. like there's times you know i laugh when i think to myself like when the misfits came out and like everyone's singing last caress and everyone's having a good time and it's like i got something to say i killed your mother today and people like wait what well, I, I I I used to seek out lyrics, and maybe it's just the different times. Too. I think it was a combination of the age I was at, where I was looking for something to relate to, and but also at the time when you would go to the store and buy a CD and listen to it, and then like read the lyrics in the booklet along with yeah. And something I I um try to do like, but it takes a conscious effort. It's like on Spotify, if you click on the oh, bottom, yeah. you can pull up the lyrics yeah. to the songs. I, I've been trying to do that more because I have been like in the last few years, been neglecting lyrics entirely just cause I don't know. I, I just like to just maybe bob my head and just like vibe out. But uh, you're, you're right yeah. about the lyrics on Spotify. Very cool. Like funny enough. I, so I had a birthday party and we rented out this place to do karaoke their karaoke machine sucked so my friend figured uh, out a way to like rig the machine and put our spotify up on there so like that's what we were using to do karaoke where the lyrics on the screen that's smart like a screen mirror kind of <laughs> yeah thing. oh that's it was smart. fucking it was fucking brilliant uh but so 
I listen to, I would say probably 80% hip hop over 20% rock is, is just like the breakdown. It's so I think I get, I think I get my fix out of like listening to hip hop music lyrically. And and that, that's why I love hip hop. I'm sorry. I cut you off, but no, no, no. You don't, you, you don't need to read lyrics. You can just hear it. It's, it's poetry and emotion. You can hear everything they're saying, unless it's like Buster Rhymes. You're like, what the fuck did you just say? But, but, (laughs) but that I love it. I mean, I grew up on hip hop, man. Like Gangstar is my. Yeah. That's the, yeah. So TJ premier was the only person I ever met that as a grown man i'm like i was like in i was kind of starstruck kind of yeah. yeah because i didn't mean to we i was walking to the bank in queens and he was on the phone and i was like yo dude i'm like he's the best i'm like i've been i'm like how do i tell this guy i've been listening to him for the last 30 plus years and i seems did i was like, like the yeah. really not, like he seems like the nicest guy in the world too yeah he was i was like yo man i'm like the last 30 years fan and he's like oh thank you so much and that was it i just kept it moving went into the bank and shit, you know? yeah. uh lyrically all right here's an example of like a band that you like hardcore bands usually just there for the yeah the music but so poison the wells first record up oh yeah opposite of december yeah then you read it it's like it's like this love poet like this poetic love album and you're like oh my yeah. god this, this is actually kind of deep but a lot of and, and sandy uh brendan's an incredible lyricist too and um uh Brendan of Incendiary. Yeah, those last he, those two he, new songs are killer. Unbelievable. He actually takes the time to like rhyme, which a lot of hardcore lyricists don't. So yeah, he's and he's he's saying some like real shit, like some political, powerful. Like he's yeah. I'm going off the rails. So you got to keep me. You got to keep me in line here. Sorry. I don't <laughs> give a fuck, man. It's all good. Uh, so is your two or my two? Um. So wait, what was your three? It was, my three um, was I want a dog. Okay, I want a dog, which I got written down. So my number my number two is Burnt Jam. Your number two. Oh, my number two. Okay. So off of Van Weezer, uh, the most Weezer song I've heard them do in God knows how long, Precious Metal Girl, is this really cool acoustic, catchy song about him, you know, and this girl that he met on the Sunset Strip, and he throws in a lot of LA guns and like uh, his his love of like hair metal. And Sunset Strip stuff in this, but like you would never tell. Obviously, it's just it. The melody is just so fucking good. Uh, it's man, it just blew me away. And I don't know who did a version of this, but the internet is good like this, you know. Before AI, not not like AI version, but somebody said uh, "Precious Metal Girl" if it was done old school Weezer style. And I guess they took the vocal and they played like the you know like blue out blue album type power chords behind it. Holy shit! You gotta listen to it. It's so fun. Wow! I got it written down. I got. I want a dog and precious metal girl written down. All right. Well, here we go. Here we go with our All number right. one. So what this do we is, got? This is where I was scrambling, dude. Um, because I was already late to to hop on with you, and I cheated really bad. But just hear me out. Okay. I I wrote everything will be all right in the end. Yeah. No. Okay. I I get it. I get because it. Because that record, I really think, is a complete masterpiece Listen, front to back my number one is off that album so i'll just say eulogy but, eulogy for a rock band is my number one which i mean every song on there is outstanding um what i if i what i actually did write down if i were to pick more specifically is is the end of the record there's parts one two and three i counted that as one song part one is the, is the wasteland part two is anonymous yeah. and part three return to ithaca 
if you count and they're all only like a minute or two each. Yeah, yeah. So I, it I reminds that, me of the office, the first part, the office like kind of thing. Right. So I yeah. counted that is one song, but um also the song Go Away. I, I So was, good. Best Coast. Who, Bethany Constant, woman, Bethany was, Constantino from Best Coast. Uh, what a song and it, it it's just as good as the B-side off Pinkerton. Go I just threw away, out the love of my dreams. Ah, oh, so um, good. I so I had I had eulogy up there, lonely girl. I also had on there, which was on your list earlier. And the British are coming is a great song, um, but I really think back to the shack is great. I think just from front to back, that album really was also an important part of their history because was that their first albums after the Red album? I think it was. They went like. No, 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 was, no, no. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, was, Ratitude. Uh, it was Ratitude and Hurley. Sorry. It was their first good album oh, since the Red. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, it was, it, it was it, the it, first, like, because, like, Ratitude was, got whether or not you or I like it, <laughs> yeah. nobody liked it, okay? No. And also, people didn't like Hurley very much either. Yeah. Like, some, uh, I think a lot of people would lump those two together, regardless of how you and I feel. So, for them to drop that, I thought it was their best record since Maladroit or Make Believe. You know, um, it was it, it without be, a doubt. It might be better than though. It might be their best record since Pinkerton. It really, I, like, that's what I said. It might like if I were to rank their records real quick, top five real quick. I mean, the biggest struggle is picking between Blue and Pinkerton, honestly. Uh, so, but I don't know if I could. Uh, but because Only in Dreams is on Blue, I might go with the Blue album. But uh, all right, so one and two are Pinkerton Blue album. I think number three for me would be everything will be all right in the end. And then four and five would be maladroit make believe that off the top of my head real quick. I, I, and I'm, I feel good about that. I think that's, that's a solid top five right there for sure. Be, I, so when everything will be all right in the end came out, I was like, yo, I think 2014, right? I was like, yep. guys on Facebook, I just, I'll, I'll never forget. I was like, yo, this is pretty good. Cause I heard back to the shack. And I saw him with the strap, and then I was like, "All right, I'm like, I'm like, they fooled me before, you know." But uh, I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, I'm yeah. like, I kind of like this song, and it's not the like Back to the Shack is good, and I want, you know, it's it wasn't like, oh my god, this is amazing, but like lyrically, it made sense to me and what they were. I'm like, maybe he did want to go back to what he was doing, and then I heard the album, and it's like fucking killer, man. Eulogy, Lonely Girl." Um, Da Vinci, go away, foolish father, fucking awesome, oh, dude. Everything yeah, yeah. will be all right. In is the, that foolish yeah, father? Yeah, I just got goosebumps again. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> it's so good. You know what? You know what, dude? Like you know when you get goose, like my nipples are hard right now. Yeah, like, yeah. Not, yeah. not in a, like a sexual way. Like you know Listen, when you get goosebumps and that happens. Too, too bad this is not on video. So you know, <laughs> too bad this is only audio. <laughs> no, but because that hit me that like you singing that part just reminded me for some reason I thought that I, I mixed up the songs, but yeah, Foolish Father, dude, that might be everything. Yeah, I, it's that so might good. be my that... favorite. That might actually be my favorite song on the record now. Now that yeah. you say it. like it, it's it's unbelievable. And, you know, they did a, a small club tour right when that came out. And well, you you made a good point about um, Back to the Shack because it's good. But it's 
it's not that much better than if you're wondering which was on ratitude so it's like yeah what, what else is going to follow this on the regular like all right been tricked before fool me once you know shame on you or whatever but yes yes but when they did that small club tour they were doing a lot at this time it was like a really i think crucial moment for them they they re-fired up the weezer fan club which i'm still in um i don't follow it these days they did a couple weezer cruises and that small club tour like in um where was it uh, it was at the sinclair in boston which is like a 500 or 550 cap room yeah. like to see weezer in in a small yeah. room like that and they came out just guns blazing and they even brought they like for that song foolish father um they they played when they played that they had like a whole um like chorus behind them of fans that they recruited to just go on stage and sing that part of that song behind them that uh, is did you catch this tour at all no uh did i it was I like you would remember seeing them in like a small it was like 500 no 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 yeah i i've only seen them in big places the last small place i saw them in was a long time ago like right. with the get up kids but yeah that so that that song is the money shot you know it's the name of the album and that's probably why they named it after that so like when you get to foolish father and you get to that part it's like oh my god and then of course then you have like the the the, the song that you mentioned at the end but it's i like, forgot about foolish father yeah it's it's killer man it's i i it just i felt like i was alone after everyone left them i'm like but you don't understand i'm like but this time <laughs> you it's... gotta you gotta check this one <laughs> <laughs> i'm like yo this time it's for real though like it's it's yeah. this was pretty good and then they but... came back with the white album and i was like okay not bad and then they came back with something and i was just like all right you guys fuck you guys right yeah <laughs> i i do i like the white album i i liked that i one. didn't mind it yeah I, like it's yeah it's better than a lot of especially for newer Weezer, it is, it's good. Um, yeah. Like, I think you said it better than me, but man, like when, yeah, everything will be all right in the end. Also, you know, when you, when you listen to something and you associate it with a special time in your life. Sure. Like I'll listen to certain records and I, I'll remember exactly what, whether like where I was living and like what I was doing at that time. And, I had just bought my ski condo and I just, you know, when I go snowboarding, I, I listen to headphones and I, that like, I listened to that record on the chairlift and while I was snowboarding front to back, I mean, countless, countless times that was, that was still my go-to. And that was, yeah, that was, when I got that, it was the winter 2014 going into 2015. So like, so it had been out for a while, like half a year at least, but so it's just funny, like as like when you again, that's why I probably got the goosebumps when you were started singing Foolish Father. I immediately in my head went back to like sitting on that chairlift when I first got that um that that ski condo and just brought me back yeah. to a special moment in time in, in my my own life selfishly, you know. And it, and it, but it's funny, you know, when, when a band that has magic and it disappears for a little while and then you hear something like that and you're like, oh, they still have the, they're still capable of creating this thing. And, you know, listen, maybe somebody's favorite album is the Black album and the Pacific album. <laughs> no, I refuse to believe it. <laughs> yeah. You know, who? But like who? every now and, every now and then they'll drop like a Van Weezer or like you got to check out Van Weezer. It's pretty it's pretty fucking solid. There's like five pretty killer songs on it. So I will. Uh, well, you said you like the whole record, right? So I, I like the whole record. Um, they have a song on there where he 
takes like crazy train like the riff and like sing something different over it it's very like an homage to like you know his his uh uh metal uh beginnings and stuff like that so which but, is um, cool i like metal what would you if you had to pick your top five no particular order uh, uh, records what what would your list be like obviously like blue and pinkerton what, what would the other three how would yeah so would i i don't think it would be that much different than yours let me just what, d- forget what i have i have maladroit make believe and everything will be all right in the end i'm gonna go uh yeah, it's tough. I mean, Pinkerton like, and and Blue are just like obvious walk in one and two. Yeah, right? um, three definitely everything will. Mm-hmm. Um, four make believe for sure, which leaves that number five. Man. So would you put? Yeah, well, because the Red album is pretty killer, uh, and like, and seems like you really like Van Weezer. Would that maybe sneak in there? What do you think? It's oh, got to be between Maladroit, Van Weezer. I like uh, green. Red. I, I when when you really break it down like that, I like the green too. But, and green, um, of course, yeah. So you got like four solid, op- tough, you know, tough decision. Four options, I would think. Is there anything else that you would even consider? No, no, green, Maladroit, <laughs> and uh, yeah, those those, those three. Yeah. Well, uh, green, Maladroit, Red, and Van Weezer. Not even Red, because I, I don't really love a lot of Red. All right, so you cut Red out. So, I yeah, would, you got the three. Man, if I really needed to pick that fifth, I guess I would go... You know, I'm going to go green just because it's still vintage to me. It's still vintage to me. Have I heard Hash Pipe a zillion times? Yes. Um, photograph solid look, record. Don't let go. Yeah, it's just Island in the Sun, old girlfriend. Yeah, well, December is December on that record? Or no, no, that no. that is the closer to Maladroit. Yeah, okay. that, but, uh, that, there's nothing wrong with that, man. That's it's a solid record, man. Yo, we've been yapping for a minute now, so thank you for hanging out and doing this, dude. Thank you for having me. This is, I mean, I could talk to you. All day, so hell yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Thank you, so dude, Sam, you're the man. I'm gonna see you in like not even two weeks. Playing Dead is yeah. playing at adjacent. Yeah, Do you want to plug sure. your own band on your own show real quick? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> no, you guys we have Saturday. I, I I'm gonna no, I I I looked it up. I can, I I'm gonna make a point to see your set because cool. You're on at like twelve thirty. Twelve thirty, yeah. Yeah, we're then, we're playing uh, along with no one, so it's just like I think all the sets are kind of broken up in the very beginning. Right after that, there's a band called Is it Wishing Well? They're called. Yeah, on the on so, the on the main stage. So that's Natalie from the Front Bottoms. Oh, that's, cool. She fronts that band, so I definitely want to go support. I and they're awesome. Like I I got to dive deeper. I just learned this, so I started listening, and they're rad. So, but I I want to go support her. Yeah, I think of they course. play so, at like one so, p.m. So I'm gonna be doing a lot of running around so i'm gonna catch your set and then like run over and catch her set um yeah but we we should hang out on that absolutely and you're i wish i was gonna be in town when you're in with the front bottoms uh to the paramount but i think that's the friday that i'm gonna be in jersey yeah well i mean we'll be back there's a bunch of stuff that front bottoms have all year like that aren't announced yet like we'll be back in new york and shit i'm source can i would i be able to plug my podcast real quick 
do whatever the fuck you want. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll cut I'll cut out my nonsense. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm gonna, if put, I I'm just... gonna put the links up and everything, but go ahead. My man, dude, Sam, this is an honor. I could talk to you all day. But yeah, if I can plug my show real quick, uh, it's a podcast called Two Week Notice that we did talk about a bit before, but uh basically I interview musicians in the scene and I've had some pretty big names um most recently. I had uh, Jim Ward of Sparta and at the drive-in and that episode, I, you know, I really didn't expect this at all. Like I know the guy's a legend, but I, I really had no idea. Like, I think maybe I got more DMS in that, like even from random people who I don't know, like message requests from people who really liked that episode. Big deal. Um, big deal to me. Big I, deal. I wasn't expecting that. Cause like I've had, you know, what Chris Caraba or Cyrus from newfound glory or Max Bemis and, um you know i've had a lot of vinnie caruana like i've had these to, like to me maybe bigger names but not that anyone's better than anyone i know I I, it was a nice surprise yeah you know? jim jim is my wheelhouse more than any of those other you know i like everyone else but at the drive-in uh sparta sleeper car like yeah. i am like killer but i saw also, a sleeper like, car with a uh, old 97s man that was cool my most popular episodes um I don't know if it's just because the podcast got better or in like, you know, I've built up the audience or because these people are just more popular these days, but it's a lot of newer bands. Um, so like the most popular episodes, like number one, I know uh, popularity. I just mean most downloads like Kevin Geyer of the story so far. Um, Nathan Hardy, he sings in microwave. Um, just trying to think real quick. Eric Butler of mom jeans. Um, Chris Freeman of hot mulligan. Um, oh, yeah. But also, like, on that list, like, somewhere in there, like, number five, like, is Mike Weiss from Me Without You. So it's, like, a mix of, like, all these bands that we love, like, new and old and, and, you have, you have and great everything names. in between. So Yeah, you have great, great names for – I tag my um, my girlfriend's niece. She's a big Mom Jeans fan. Yeah. So um, and th I like, That, yeah, I think, good. is – as far as, like, just the – my best work, that might – I think that might be my best episode. So yeah. – um, and, you know – Sometimes, even if you don't like these bands, I, I think if you listen to any of the newer episodes, just like just like a band, right? You like your newest stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like proud of like the newer ones usually, but you know, I'm, I mean, if you dig in the back, I've had Tucker from Thursday and like uh, Eddie from Taking. As far as Long Island, Eddie from Taking Back Sunday. I recently had Joey from Koyo. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So the list goes on and on. But um, thank you for for. Uh, chatting with me and having me on dude uh yeah thanks for doing it man for you, sure I, i'm i'm glad we, we got we got the link so um what, what else you need from me brother anything what are we, what are we missing here nothing man uh oh until, furnace until fest pieball's Pie playing furnace fest yeah shout out to adam harris so. man and crew dude hell yeah shout out to adam harris and oh, um yeah. I'll, dude i'll see you in like a week and a half or so absolutely word man <laughs>